So Jesus is speaking and he's telling all who will listen that you should take care of how you hear. In Luke chapter eight, verse 18, he says, take care that you, uh, how you hear. Kind of like my wife saying to me, Johnny, are you listening? In Mark chapter four, and if you have your Bible, I'd like to invite you to turn there. Mark chapter four, we're gonna start reading in verse 30. But in Mark chapter four, verse 24, Jesus also says, says to them, pay attention to what you hear. Pay attention to what you hear and how you hear. Jesus is telling us that we should be careful how you hear something and what you hear. And so Jesus, as he's teaching us, and we're entering this season where we're looking at what Jesus is doing for us in giving his life as a ransom for sin and being raised to overcome even death and the grave and to give us victory over sin and to create for us the ability to have eternal life in heaven with the Lord. He's giving us these parables, this parabolas. He's and that word, this word parable in original language uh, really is a placing beside of. It's a comparison. It's, um, it's to cast out truth alongside of. Uh, he's giving us these information bombs is what's happening. He's teaching us, and as we listen to what Jesus is saying, He's trying to explain what the kingdom of God looks like. And I hope you came curious about that. Curious about what is it to, to live and to work and to, to be about the kingdom of God in your everyday, ordinary life. So when Jesus is trying to explain what the kingdom of heaven is in Mark chapter 4 in verse 30 he says with what can we compare the kingdom of god or what parable shall we use for it hmm it is like the walls of the temple huge big He says, how are we going to compare? How do I explain to you the kingdom of God? It's, it's like that hill over there. Look at it, how big it is. That's the way I'd want it. Big, bold faith come in here with fire. Take the hill. Coach you up. Now, Jesus says, it is like a grain of a mustard seed, which when sown on the ground is the smallest of all the seeds on the earth. There it is. 
and mustard seed. He is saying the kingdom of God is like this little mustard seed that you can't even see. So small. My sermons are easier to prepare than they are to live. See, it's, it's easier to even, as you take notes, it's easier to put it down on that paper than it is to actually live it out. I wish it was so. I wish I came in here and my stuff, my stuff works. Bold. Mm-mm. Little mustard seed. It's easier to write it down than it is to live it out. So let's see the seed. You can't see it. Let's see this seed. Let's see what it looks like. Yeah, that's what it looks like. You see, that little seed comes a mustard seed plant. Now, now it, you have to understand this. What is this? So in this region, which is kind of in the news, this fertile region on the north side of Israel, this volcanic region where Jesus is, it's always warm and it's very fertile. And when it's planted, all the herbs, uh, the, uh, mustard seed is an herb. So it's not, not, not a tree, it, it's, it's a plant, it's a shrub. It's a, the largest of all the shrubs. And so when it grows up, it grows up somewhere between 6 and 20 feet. So there are even pictures or even, even you can see where people ride horses kind of under them as they drape. But that's what it's, look, 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 that's what happens when this right here goes through the process. When, when this goes through the process, it ends up like that. This is that. What do I have in my pocket? In fact, I wanted you guys, I put these out here. Can a few of you kind of maybe volunteer? I put them all up along the edges here. Everybody take a mustard seed here this morning, all right? Just kind of pass them out. Yeah, you can be, Luke, you're, you're brave. Yeah, come on in. Yeah, just pass them out here, all right? Take a mustard seed. See what we're talking about. And when you look at this, when you see this mustard seed, yeah, y'all can pass these out just like we're at home, all right? Just like that. Y'all can just pass them out. Yeah, we don't have to have ushers for this. You can just kind of pass it out. The truth is, I got a tree in my pocket. I got a big old huge shrub. And this is what Jesus is saying because he goes on and listen to what the word of the Lord says when he's speaking In verse 31, he finishes by saying, it is the smallest of all the seeds on earth, yet, oh, this is the part you underline right here, all right? This is the part you underline. When when it is sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants and puts out large branches so that the birds of the air 
can make their nest in its shade. Underline, when it is sown, it grows up. So Jesus says that the kingdom of God is like this little tiny mustard seed. And when it is sown, and when it grows up, when it goes through the process, it grows up huge. So I just want to challenge you with two things today. First of all, I want us to pay attention when Jesus is speaking to us and he says, the kingdom of God, can you, is it hard to hold on to this thing? I mean, isn't it? Isn't this? It's hard to hold on to this. It's so small. It's hard to transfer it even. It's so small, it's hard to transfer from one hand to another. And so this morning, I want to challenge you with two things. One is, thank you, brother. Small beginnings. I just want to talk to you about two things. Small beginnings is one of them. It is like the grain of a mustard seed. Now, Jesus is teaching, and it's almost, this is hyperbolic teaching that sort of all of us use. Don't we all say things? Say things like, man, I saw there were mosquitoes down there like the size of birds. Or, man, yesterday the sun was like scorching me. Sun didn't scorch me yesterday. Or, man, that book weighs a ton. We use this kind of language. Jesus is trying to say this in hyperbolic language. It starts very small. God, God starts very small. Twelve guys are paying attention to what Jesus is saying. And now look at what's happened. When bad things happen and when big moments happen in your life and you are shaking in your boots and you are tested at your school or in your life or in your family or whenever trials happen to you and you're standing there and you're shaking in your boots, You can shrink back into the same old thing. You can go back and be dependent on that same old addiction or the same dependence you've always had or faith that you have. That tiny little bit of faith that you have rises up to trust God. It may be a little. It may be just a little bit. It takes, it just takes a little for the Holy Spirit to do his work. Zechariah chapter four, verse 10, who despises the day of small things? I wanna encourage you today. It is possible to be filled with doubt and faith. I mean, that is a good question. Is it possible? to be filled with both doubt and faith at the same time. You can have faith that God wants you to do something and still be scared to death. 
You can, it is possible for you to know what the, the mind of God is according to the word of God on how you should raise your kids or how you should live your life or how it is that you're supposed to conduct yourself or what God is calling you to and still be scared out of your mind. For you not to be able to see a path forward based on all the circumstances that are around you, but still believe God has called you. And I wanna encourage you today and challenge you to not despise small beginnings. Courage is going ahead and doing, goal, doing what you're called to do in spite of your fear. It is not, when you begin by faith, you are at, it, it's something that, it's not in spite of having fear. It's not like, oh, well, I've got to get rid of my fear to have my faith. Courage is, is not the absence of fear. It is me moving ahead. You have to begin with faith you already have. You take what you have, this tiny little bit of faith, and you keep believing, and you start there. And a beautiful example of this, really, just a, one example, just one example of this uh, is the story of a man who brought his sick son uh, to Jesus in Mark 9. And Jesus looked at the man and he said, I can heal your son. If you will believe, I will heal him. And the father then makes a classic statement. Lord, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. I mean, this is the Bible, small beginnings. This is, this is Moses on the backside of the desert who doesn't speak very eloquently, being called to lead the children of Israel out. This is this is David out as a little shepherd in the middle of nowhere being called and anointed as king. This is five, five loaves and some fish and Jesus just takes it. This is small beginnings. Through small beginnings, God grows it. Many time, God doesn't start big. He starts small. Gideon started with thousands, and God said, that's not a fair fight, so he pared it down to 300. And he said, no, it's fair. And when he do, God does that, when he starts small, listen to me. This is true for all of us. When God starts small, then he can say, that's how people will know that God did it. I'll just take you to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26. I want to read a few verses here. This is how God works. This is how he works. For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many of you were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. Isn't this a description of us? Isn't this us right here, sitting here? This is us. Not many of you, according, we weren't. Not many of you were wise according to the world's standards. Not many of you were powerful. Not many of you were of noble birth. That's why I always say, we're a bunch of mutts. Look at us. Look at how God put us together. 
But God chose, listen, but God chose what is foolish in his eyes to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not to bring to to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human might boast in the presence of God. God, don't despise small beginnings because in these small beginnings, God uses that. Some of you here might be despairing or you might be discouraged or deflated because of where you are and where, what's going on in your life, and I want to tell you, don't despise small beginnings. God starts small. He takes what you have. The kingdom of God is like a little mustard seed. But he also is teaching to a culture that realizes they know what mustard seeds become. It's a big ending. I also want to talk to you this morning about big endings. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the other garden plants. He puts out large branches so that birds of the air can make nests in its shade. So I want to teach you some math this morning. I want you to know some math. I'm not much of a mathematician, but here is a trustworthy equation for you today, all right? Here it is. Little faith plus a big God equals huge results. When Jesus is speaking, he says the kingdom of God is like a little mustard seed. And yet when it's planted, it grows up so large with all this branches and it creates all this shade that even the birds, by by the way, many scholars consider that a warning to us that the kingdom of God grows exponentially. Did you ever notice that birds in Jesus' parables are never good? The bird comes over and snatches the seed in the seed in the parable of the sower. But the birds come and they rest. And some theologians say this is a warning that even in the church, there will be people that will come and have shade there. I would not think we should take this story, this simple story, and lose sight of the obvious teaching that it starts small, but there's a big ending. It grows and grows and grows. In fact, the sun never sets on the church today. Did you know that? In this day, the sun set on the church even after Jesus was followed and after the disciples and after he grew for many, many years, for decades, the sun set on the church every day, but now it doesn't. Sun never sets on the church today. It has grown around the world. That grew from Acts 1.15. In those days, Peter stood among the believers, a group numbering about 120 Let's read forward, Revelation 7, verse 9. After this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could even count, from every nation, every tribe, people, and language, 
standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. That's a big ending, isn't it? I'm here to encourage you today. History shows us over 2,000 years. Many times when you legalize religion, it has failed, but when it is persecuted, it explodes. And I want to encourage you today. I want to encourage you to know that not to despise a small beginning, but to know that there's a big ending. An older Paul writes to a younger Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 through, verses 1 through 7. And I want to read these to you today. And he says to this younger Timothy, he says, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ, Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead and by his appearing and his kingdom. I want you to live according to God's kingdom here today. You realize I'm not taking my passport to get into heaven. You know that, don't you? By being an American, my citizenship is in heaven. I belong to the Lord. And he commands this younger Timothy, he says, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. People, we're supposed to be sharing with others. And so many times I get discouraged because I can't speak like some of the great preachers. I, I'm not Andy Stanley. I'm not some of the guys that, that seems like, you know, like I look up to, like Don Fento, it looks like I, I can go to a restaurant and he can read a menu and somebody gets saved. And I go in, I, I'm preaching, I'm trying, I'm trying. But he says, keep Take what you have. Keep preaching. Keep teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching. But having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. And will turn away from the listening to the truth and wander off into myths. As for you, Always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of the evangelist, fulfill your ministry, for I am already being poured out like a drink offering. This is Paul saying this, like, I'm being poured out. And then he says, and the time of my departure has come. That's going to be true for all of us. The time of my departure is going to come. The end of my life is going to come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. What happens when you are going to depart on a trip? What happens? Don't you prepare? Don't you prepare? I have a checklist on my phone of things I'm supposed to do at my house when I leave, just so I make sure I remember everything. I plan for it. And then, by the way, do you just jump in the car? No, you make some plans, and then you 
you make some arrangements, you, you pack some stuff, you do some stuff to make sure that you're ready for your departure so that when the time comes, you're ready to get in the car and either fly or go. You plan for your trip. Paul, an older Paul, says to a younger Timothy, the time of my departure has come. What do you do when you go on a trip? You prepare, don't you? Get, your t- get my ticket, get packed. Are you ready to go for your big ending? Are you? Are you ready for your big ending? Because you see, all of us need to be prepared for that. And you might be here today and you might be like, well, I don't know everything I need to know and I don't have everything I need to have. Well, Jesus was trying to explain the kingdom of God and he said, to what shall I compare the kingdom of God? It's like a little mustard seed. That little bit of faith that you have, if you'll act on it, God will meet you there. And I want to encourage all of you here, not only to prepare for the big ending of all of our lives, but also for when the pressure comes in your everyday ordinary life, when things happen in your life, that you might not have the boldness or you might not have the maturity, or you might not have the knowledge, and you might not know everything, but if you'll take what you have and act on it, and act in according to faith, God says he takes that little bit and he grows it. And it grows so big, it grows exponentially so much bigger than that, that even the birds can find their rest and shade there. I want to encourage you today to not be stuck. God takes the little you have, the little bit of faith, and if you'll keep being faithful, he will grow it. He will grow it. He will grow it. What is it? What is that for you today? I'm going to ask Holly and Elijah to come back up right now. And I wanted us to take the time for some prayer because I know that I've said a lot here this morning and it's given you maybe some things to think about and there may be some stuff in your life that you're facing or confronting or maybe it is in your life that you need to believe God and trust God for. And I want us to take some mo- a moment and for us to pray And for us to to say, God, I want to take this little and I want to trust you more. And just like that man in Mark 9 who said, Lord, I want to believe. Help my unbelief. It may be you today, but I just want you to know the kingdom of God is like a little mustard seed. He will take even that. that You know what? Even for some of you today, actually the faith to actually come to church might have been the little bit that God's going to use today to move you forward in the days and months and for the rest of your life for a big ending. If you need to pray with somebody and you want somebody to to talk to 
Maybe it is somebody to pray with you because you're facing something and you want somebody to pray and agree with you in prayer. I want to invite you to come over this side. If you, if you want to pray by yourself and you want to kneel down, there are kneeling benches over here. Father, I thank you this morning for your word and that you are a God of small beginnings. And Lord, we know how all this is going to end. Every knee will bow, every tongue will confess, and the Lord, you will have the final say. So Lord, today, I pray for every person here that you would help us and help our unbelief. Lord, help us this week to trust you more, to live according to your kingdom, according to your word. Lord, help us to agree with heaven this morning. Jesus' name.